everyone, it's Trisha Farron and I welcome you to my gastric sleeve experience. It has been a couple, a couple months now since I've been in this journey and so much has changed. I got um, sleeved on November 14th. I was on a three week liquid diet prior to that, at which point I started at 3.06 and um, my surgery date weight was 285 and my current weight is 256, so I officially have lost 50 pounds. I can't even believe it. Um, and, and my goal weight is 150. Since it's the start of the new year, and I hope everyone had a wonderful holiday season, um, many people make resolutions. I've decided not to do that. Instead, I've decided to make decisions, and um, they're similar to the way in which I made the decision to get gastric sleeve. Um, I did my research and I decided what kind of life I wanted to lead. And one of the things that I decided to do for this year is not to look back and not to repeat history. But to not repeat history means you have to understand it. And so the last few months, what I've been doing is um, with the help of my therapist and every single podcast out there and Facebook group, I've been really delving deep into why am I in this position and having to make such a drastic decision as getting by you know bariatric surgery and I'm not the type of person that says um, because I had a certain upbringing or because an aunt did this or a neighbor did that now I'm this person but when it boils down to it your upbringing does have a big role into where you are today and I thought I had a handle on where I came from and how I am today, but I was wrong. And I've learned so much about what has brought me here, how my personality has been molded by what brought me here, and what's in my power to make changes. So today I wanna go through a little bit of that and hopefully you can see how my journey was and if it resembles anything that you're going through or have gone through, maybe it can shed some light in how you can handle things and think maybe just a little bit differently. And I will preface this by saying my daughter is a mental health counselor, so she kind of sees through some of the things that I'm going through and has also helped just frame the situation and to look at things differently. So just a little background, I grew up in a Hispanic family in New York um, and they took on characteristics that stereotypical Hispanic families have. Um, when we got in trouble, we would get a beating, and that's what it was called. And sometimes it was just a slap, but sometimes a belt, a broom, a slipper. I mean, it's the way of what that world looked like. Um, we didn't know any better. We just knew that you tried to not get into trouble as much as you could because trouble meant physical pain. Um, a lot of the worst days was when I would get in trouble with my mother and then she would tell my father and then he would also take part in whatever punishment was involved with that particular crime that I made that day. Um, like I said, you know, you didn't know any better. My cousins went through the same thing. My sisters went through the same thing. It was just what life was like. Um, but there was more than just the physical abuse. My parents they could have definitely benefited from going to some kind of parenting class or therapy or something because they just were not equipped 
to handle the responsibility of raising children and raising people to be in society and function normally. And they made the dumbest decisions and had weird reasonings for things. You know, every parent says, because I say so. But I felt like the decisions that they made were not in the best interest of us as kids, but as them as adults that didn't really want to be strapped down with children. And as a result, I was the oldest of three. I was responsible for the behavior and the activities of the other two since both my parents worked outside of the house, um, outside of our town, so commuting took a long time. But they didn't empower me with any kind of um, ruling that I can use, so my sisters didn't want to listen to me. They didn't, and it didn't change the fact that I would be in trouble. So I was always in trouble because I didn't do my parenting role correctly. Um, the responsibility list I thought was extremely high because you of course had to do your homework. That was first and paramount. But the chores around the house were almost like in sleep times. The amount of vacuuming and dishes and cooking and cleaning and just it was endless every day. And I mean, we didn't dirty the house that much, but we certainly still had to take on the responsibility of housekeeper, um, caretaker, babysitter, and, and still have time to do your own things. Because if you came home with anything less than perfect grades, again, you'd be in trouble. And, you know, when I was in elementary school and middle school, we lived in an area where it had an abundance of kids. So going out to play was, you know, the goal. Get your stuff done and go out to play. But when you had as much stuff that I had to do, it was hard to get it all done. So anyway, um, I was always in trouble because I just couldn't get my stuff together all the time. But I, I, I tried. I really did try. And I felt like whatever requirement I was meant to meet, it changed when I met it. So I'd never met it. And it's something that has stuck with me as an adult. I um, am an overachiever and I try very much to be the best or to be first or break records and do things that make me stand out among the rest. And I think it stems from being told that I'm not good enough and I'm never going to be good enough. And I mean, I had a father that said he likes me, he loves me because I'm his daughter, but he he just doesn't feel that I have what it takes to be a successful person in, in our society. And that stuck with me for a really long time. Um, there were lots of things that were said to me as a little kid. Um, I was told, why don't you run away like all the other kids? Um, I should have had an abortion. That one's my favorite. Um, I, I can't imagine saying that to my child right now. But I, I think what's important to understand from my perspective is I thought all that was normal. Even though I had friends who didn't stem from the same kind of culture that I did, they, I didn't get to really get an insight into their lives, but I only saw mine and my, my extended family, and they all kind of lived the same way. The adults took care of the adults, and the kids took care of the kids, and the adults would reprimand the kids when they didn't do a good job. Um, I used to bury myself in books. I would go to the bookmobile, anything to hide away from what was going on at home. Um, it was much better idea to get involved with somebody else's adventure than my own because my own was not happy. When I became a teenager or even before just right between right at pre-teen pre pre 
Um, my, my father started to sexually abuse me, and he did it for four years. So along with the verbal abuse and the mental abuse, now I had sexual abuse and physical abuse. So they hit every angle. But um, I somehow took a box, a mental box. I buried all these bad experiences and in it and hid it away. And I went home and lived my life. As soon as I possibly could, I got out of that house and I started to live according to the rules that I wanted to live. Um, I did not clean my house every day. I, in fact, stepped in rooms that I didn't necessarily need to be in because that was one of the rules I lived by. If it was not your room, the kitchen, a bathroom, or the family room, there's no reason you should be in it. So there should be no footprints in those rooms and there shouldn't be anything out of place. So the first day I got my own apartment, I ran in every single room and I put footprints on every single carpet and it felt so good. Um, at home, I was restricted about what we were allowed to eat. My dad had his soda, my mom had her juice, there were his chips, her M&Ms, that everything was designated to be one or the other. There was very little that was group and God forbid you go into the pantry and just pick whatever you want. You're going to get into trouble for that. Um, after dinner, the kitchen was closed, so it was us, up to us kids to clean up the kitchen, put all the food away, and then nobody was allowed in the kitchen again. So, you know, you found yourself stealing food and hiding it in your room when you could because you didn't know when you were going to get a chance to eat freely again. And, you know, when you have dinner at 6 or 7 o'clock, as a kid, to expect to wait until the next morning to eat again, it just wasn't right. So we started developing bad habits of consuming what we could, when we could, because, you know, we didn't know when it was coming back again. And I've spoken to my sisters about this, and they were like, yeah, we needed to eat because who knew when that was going to happen again. And it's not like we missed meals, but you just couldn't snack in between. And it's just weird to be told that you couldn't be in the kitchen. So first thing I did when I got my own place was I bought anything I wanted, put it all over the kitchen, and ate whenever I wanted. And it felt so good to be empowered to be able to do that. But all these behaviors and these restrictions built kind of like a personality that I developed into. And I associated food with comfort because for me it was something I wasn't allowed to do and now I can do it in whatever abundance I want. Um, I thought it was great. Um, and I did start gaining weight, but I guess I didn't care. I, it felt so comforting to me. and. I was so tired of following somebody else's rules that it was nice that if I wanted to have the entire bag of chips, I was going to do that rather than sneaking just enough that dad wouldn't notice that we took his chips. Um, and you know what? Growing up, I didn't drink. I didn't do drugs. I went to school. I mean, I was a straight A student, National Honor Society. I did what was expected of me, but yet I was always in trouble. And I, as an adult, I couldn't understand like, what was I doing? Like, I would always be grounded or always be in pain from a beating that I got it just didn't make sense to me and so you know as an adult I've learned that that was not the right way of doing things and now that I'm going through this sleeve experience I wanted to learn not just how to eat right and how to exercise right which I kind of knew since I've been on a diet for 30 years but how to think right and how to feel right and know that you do have your bad days and you don't need food to to be happy. You need food to be nourished. 
and if it tastes good, even better. But eating a bag of chips, I don't know in what society is that equal happiness. It's, it shouldn't. Um, you know, being a food addict or being a compulsive eater, you're just eating. You're not even thinking about it, and you're never satisfied because it's the act of eating that you want to do, not necessarily the act of feeling full or tasting something delicious. It doesn't really matter when you're in that moment of, I'm just going to binge eat. You'll eat olives out of the container in the refrigerator, a bag of chips out of the thing. Oh, there's cookies. You have some cookies, and you still have that hankering of wanting something. So now you start going through another drawer, and you see, oh, there's ham and cheese. Fine, I'll make a sandwich. Or I'll just eat it from the package. I can't tell you how many times I've done that. And it, I finish, and I'm like, what did I just do? Why did I need to eat all of that? I didn't need to eat all that. I needed to feel happy or to feel comforted. And I associated food for that. So as we head on into a new year, I'm being much more mindful that that's not what makes me happy. Honestly, losing this 50 pounds so far, that's making me very happy. Putting on clothes that I couldn't fit into, having my husband say when he touches me, he feels the difference. That's way more happiness than a cup of pudding could give me. So for me, my promise, my decision for this coming year is to remember where I've come from. It was not great, but greatness lies ahead of me if I make the right choices. I don't need food for comfort. I need family, my close family, my husband, my daughter, my son-in-law. I need my fur balls because I love them. I need success in my life. That's reasonable success. My husband will still love me if I don't win a sales award. My daughter will still respect me if I don't break records. They may not respect me as much if I gain all my weight back. Um, I think we would all be so devastated that that would be the most horrible thing. So my promise and my decision is to keep moving forward, be mindful, and find things that actually make me happy and use food as a way to keep myself strong and healthy so I can reach that 150 pound goal that I'm reaching towards. That's a goal I wanna make. And I'm not gonna make it in two weeks and I may not make it even in 12 months, but I'm going to make it. I'm not gonna go back. I don't wanna go back and that's a decision that I've made. And I hope whatever resolutions, promises, or decisions you make for yourself, you have the mental fortitude and support to keep you on track. Do I know that you could do it? Because I'm doing it. And this is an amazing journey. And I hope that everybody has that moment of, I'm so glad that I've done this because it's made my life so much better. So it'll be interesting to see where I am come this time, 2024. Um, I only look back to see how far I've come. No more to look back to dread. I'm looking forward to the future and all the success that it brings. And I wish you all a wonderful 2023.